0: From a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars Animation Podcast. Welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for our Forces of Destiny recap. I'm your host, Cassie Scutch, and today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 12 of Forces of Destiny, titled The Starfighter Stunt. Usually, right about now, I would be saying it's time to get into a little bit of news, but as was stated uh, this week on the Star Wars show, it is a slow news week for... Uh, Star Wars fans, and while there were a couple rumors that uh, kind of had been going around, there was not really anything with uh, substantial enough evidence that I feel like I really have a place to talk about it and that it's really that probable. There was a tweet sent at John Boyega where somebody was telling him that oh, we need you to be awesome in this, epi- in this next episode and maybe wield a lightsaber, and John Boyega replied, and I think a lot of people took that as him saying that he's going to be wielding a lightsaber, but I think he was more replying to the you gotta be awesome part. Um, and then also a couple people have been talking about uh, the possibility that Matt Smith may be playing a young Palpatine, which could be interesting, but there's also no evidence of that other than just appearance alone. And so this is gonna be a little bit shorter of an episode just because of this. I feel like I've been having shorter episodes lately. Uh, Our news has been lulled down a little bit and I think that is... An indication that we are about to get some big news in the coming weeks so fingers crossed for that I also want to apologize because my episodes have been coming out later and later um, I was traveling again last week this last month I've been traveling a lot and if you're subscribed to our patreon and you kind of heard my first little talk with uh, Mike when I first started at Thunderquack, uh you know that I am a dancer and <laughs> It being October, November, going into December, it is Nutcracker time, which, if you know anything about ballet, is super stressful, and I'm super busy, and so there's just been a little bit of uh, scheduling conflict. But I'm dedicated to being here and dedicated to being on the podcast and doing these episodes. But it is not always, uh, not always given the proper time to do so. Uh, so. Just working that out in my schedule has been a little difficult, especially with traveling lately. I'm hoping to kind of get back on schedule a little bit, but I'd like to apologize for being later and later as of late. And, like, as I said, we don't really have a whole ton to talk about this week with news. I kind of already addressed a couple of the rumors very quickly, very slowly. I uh, don't want to talk too much about them because they are, as I said, rumors, um, so we're going to go ahead and get into the episode of uh, the Starfighter stunt. Calculate the jump, Chop. How is my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. <laughs> Kenobi. be. So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome. Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. <laughs> Episode recap. In space, Padawan Soke is teaching Senator Padmé Amidala starfighter combat maneuvers. Both women are flying a pair of N1 starfighters. Tano tells Amidala that she is getting better but that she needs to keep up with her. The two fly their starfighters past an asteroid. However, a modified vulture droid is hiding and lying in wait under the asteroid and pursues them. R2-D2 spots the droids and warns Amidala and Tano. The two lead the droid starfighter on a pursuit over a nearby comet. When Amidala asks how they can defeat the droid fighter, Tano says that droids can't improvise and that they must do something unexpected. The Vulture droid fires a green sonic wave at Amidala's starfighter. Tano shields Amidala's fighter by flying into the path of the sonic wave. She is struck unconscious but survives. While Tano's ship drifts in space, the droid fighter continues the pursuit and manages to damage one of the engines of Amidala's fighter. Amidala tells R2 to put out the engine fire. Taking Tano's cue to improvise, Amidala flies the N1 fighter inside the comet. She then resurfaces and sneaks up on the droid fighter from behind and shoots it down. The droid fighter crashes into the comet and explodes. Amidala then contacts Tano over the intercom. Tano is alive but has a headache from the sonic boom. Amidala tells her not to worry because she blew up the droid. While Amidala is surprised by her starfighter skills, Tana reassures her friend that she's always had a good instinct. Amidala thanks her and the two head home. So this episode always kind of disappoints me a little bit. Uh, we had gone from the beginning of Forces of Destiny where we were getting episodes that were very much uh, I'm trying to do something, there's an obstacle in my way, I've got to defeat the obstacle and then keep going. And then we kind of got into a pattern of episodes with a little bit more complex of a plot, even though, you know, there's still one obstacle they need to overcome. There's still, you know, there are certain episodes where there are more things coming at you or maybe it's not even an obstacle it's kind of a mental challenge so i was just a little disappointed with this episode here and how it kind of reverts back to that basic plot and there's nothing wrong with that especially because forces of destiny is meant for a younger audience and they can't really tell the difference but i thought it was a little it kind of let me down a little bit after we'd gone so far with uh with the way Forces of Destiny has been working over the past, you know, 12 episodes, we've we've come a long way. And so this episode always just kind of is, uh, oh, man, kind of boring, honestly. And there's a lot going on, and there's also not a whole ton going on. There's a lot of questions left to be answered that um, I met with a friend today, and we were kind of trying to figure it out, but we couldn't so i have a couple inferences just as far as like what the mod is on that vulture droid and where they are so we can talk a little bit about that but even with this episode i i couldn't find kind of an overall theme or message i'm sure you can come through it and think about maybe like learn how to improvise but that's i feel like that's too on the nose and i feel like Force of Destiny does better than that, but maybe, maybe that goes along with the basic plot that we have for this episode, is that uh, we're kind of getting that really easy, really just put out there straight for everybody to learn uh, kind of messaging, and I mean, again, that's okay, because it's not meant to teach older people a lesson, it is for younger kids, but it was, um, it left a little bit... To be desired for me but i could definitely see how somebody who is really into starfighters and would like this episode because we do not get a whole ton of episodes of forces of destiny where they are flying and it was really cool to see the naboo fighters uh because we don't really get to see those throughout the clone wars we get to see them in episode one and episode two briefly but never uh, in this animated form or not often in this animated form. I can't say never because I would have to go frame by frame through the Clone Wars and I'm sure I'm leaving out something. But it was cool to see. It was also cool to see Soak in it. It was also super cool to see Padme in a starfighter and I think that's part of the point of this episode is that like she's learning to do these things because she she is learning how to fight and that's kind of part of That's kind of part of my confusion a little bit with this episode, and I mean it makes sense that she would learn uh, to fly, but uh, she also doesn't really have a reason to, so I don't know why Ahsoka is uh, teaching her to fly, especially combat maneuvers. Um, I don't think Amidala has any reason to be flying combat maneuvers, but I mean, that's just me. Maybe there's something else going on in this time period that I forgot about. And if I did, wouldn't be the first time. But it was cool to see. It was it was just weird to see, but cool to see at the same time, the two of them and these fighters. We see Ahsoka flying a ton. Um, but we don't see Padme, which I've just said. Um, along with that, it was also pretty cool. Um, even though I... Was definitely confused a little bit with uh, kind of the way things went down in this episode with Ahsoka and kind of their problem solving skills uh, were a little misguided in my mind. But it was awesome to see Padme doing something heroic that's not smart. I mean, it was smart. What she did was smart. She was improvising. She, you know did something that the droid couldn't do but it's different because it was more in an action and she doesn't uh obviously Clone Wars I'm talking myself in circles right now but in the Clone Wars you know she does have moments where she is part of the action but definitely not a whole ton so that was pretty cool to see is that she was she took charge in this situation whereas Ahsoka took charge in a previous episode but I was a little confused with Ahsoka's choice to put herself in front of the sonic blast it's possible that she may have not known that it was just a sonic blast and that it would not have killed her and that she was just trying to save uh padme but i think she knows that it's gonna shoot a sonic blast and not a real blaster bolt but i i i can't imagine that she she wouldn't know that I feel like that's part of her training, and I think if she w- had thought it through a little bit better, and maybe it was just, it obviously it was a split second decision, but I think she would have known that the both of them were better off if she was the one fighting and being the one in action and flying and trying to destroy the vulture droid, uh, and not Padme. But, I mean, that's just my like personal opinion. I don't think that that was the best choice on her part, but it did lend itself to giving uh, Padme a moment to be heroic and to show that she can fly and she can do something like that, um, and that she has the skills and that she had been working on those combat maneuvers. The droid, me and my friend Oliver, shout out Oliver because when I'm stumped on an episode he is right there to help me out with it or to talk about so I know what to talk about. He and I were talking about the vulture droid and trying to figure out kind of what the modification on that vulture droid was and at first I was thinking that maybe that modification was what allowed it to shoot a sonic blast but we slowed down the video and the blast did not come from that part. If you don't know what I'm talking about with the with the mod, it had kind of like a flat plate on the top of it. And so once we figured that out, I was wondering, well, maybe it's something that was allowing it to stick to the asteroid. Maybe it's like a magnet. But then we went back to that shot where it was on the asteroid and the plate was... Facing away from the asteroid, so I was a little confused there. And then part of me was thinking that maybe that allows it to travel through hyperspace. And although I haven't, I don't know a whole ton about vulture droids, I do not think they can travel through hyperspace on their own. So maybe this was something that allowed it to do so. And I never really figured it out. I was trying to figure it out, couldn't figure it out. But those are my guesses if anybody else has a guess be my guest because I don't really know. I'm trying to figure it out myself. Uh, same thing with we were trying to figure out where they had gone to practice these uh, maneuvers. I was looking at kind of where these blue comets are. Um, I was looking into where they are and where they've been seen before and the only two places I could really find were Ilium and Abafar. And my guess currently is that they were by Abafar in that system, even though it's very far from Coruscant and that's kind of what had been uh, confusing me a little bit, but they do say something along the lines of, why is that droid all the way out here? And then when I looked into it more, Abafar had no allegiance to either the Republic or the Separatists or the, the Confederacy of Independent Systems, sorry but there were uh, separatist mining colonies on Abafar, so it would make sense that they have a vulture droid out there. Um, Why it's alone, I don't know. Maybe that ties into why it may have that mod on it that I've kind of hypothesized that allows it to travel through hyperspace, but that was just like Something we were thinking about, something we were trying to come up with when talking about this episode. And I thought it was pretty interesting to think about. Um, Ilium and Abafar are both about the same distance from Coruscant, but they are both not close. Which is the only thing that kind of mm, confused me trying to figure out where they were. And it's not important uh, to this episode really, or anything else. Um, aside from the fact that I believe a couple episodes chronologically previous uh, to this episode of Forces of Destiny, uh, not Forces of Destiny, but in the universe um, was the Sunny Day in the Void arc, which, ugh, grown, we know, not the best arc of Clone Wars, but it did take place on Abafar, and we did see these comets, and so that's kind of where the thought process is kind of coming from, and maybe it has to do with that. Obviously not in any important way, but it's an interesting tie-in if you think about those type of things, and you think that them putting that in there is kind of cool, which I do, which is why... I've said that's why I love Star Wars so much, and I just thought it was interesting to try to figure those types of things out, that's what I love, and if you have any better ideas let me know on Twitter, at CassieSketch, but I couldn't figure it out, I couldn't figure anything out, everything's just a hypothesis, everything's just an educated guess, I don't know. What else do we have to talk about with this episode? There is not much. I didn't also, I was talking, earlier talked about how I was a little confused with Ahsoka's decision making when kind of sacrificing herself for Padme. Uh, which I also kind of forgot to mention that I do understand that that's kind of what she has been taught as a Jedi and growing up. And so that may have played into everything a little bit. And I don't know if this episode takes place before or after the episode where uh, it's kind of revealed to us that Ahsoka does know that uh, Padme and Anakin are together, Uh, but I do believe that if it is, if it takes place after, that kind of would influence her to protect Padme a little bit more. But along with my kind of confusion with the decision making, I also didn't really understand why they weren't actively really trying to shoot at the vulture droid. They were kind of just scramming. They weren't really doing anything. I thought it would have made a lot more sense if one of them was going to distract it while the other one was shooting at it. But that wouldn't have made for a very good uh chance to improvise. So, whatever the deal is with that, I don't know. Again, didn't not the best episode, not the worst one. Uh just kind of in the middle. Uh, Another thing I noticed is that we see Padme doing that little two-fingered salute that we see Anakin doing a lot during the Clone Wars, which I thought was really cute. I thought that was a good thing that they kind of added in there um, because I believe there is some episode of Forces of Destiny where Ahsoka says something like, uh, I see why you and can get along. You're like, you guys, you're, you're a lot like him. I think it was a previous episode, but I thought that was a cute, you know, nod, salute to uh, that previous line and kind of giving us a little bit more of how she has taken after, not taken after him a little bit, but how he has kind of rubbed off on her and how it has kind of shaped who her character is and also just, like, mannerisms. Because, you know, you hang out with people and... If they have any specific mannerisms that are not obnoxious but just obvious, they kind of rub off on you. Um, and so that's obviously one of them. And I thought that I just thought that was a cute thing that they added in there. Just the little things like that are really cool to me. And last thing, just a little bit to talk about. And I know I rushed through these, but I have a really short attention span. <laughs> and. I could definitely drag these episodes out a little bit longer but I'm trying to get better at that failing a little bit but I'm trying um last thing is that the line where they say droids can't improvise uh, got me a little confused Um, because I feel like droids can't improvise if they're on the bad guys side but if they're on the good guys side they can I feel like we've seen BB-8 and R2-D2 and even C3PO Chopper, definitely K2SO making choices on the spot and having them be things that work with the situation and so I kind of like was laughing a little bit with that because R2 was obviously in the droid slot on Padme's Starfighter. And I was like, I wonder if he's sitting there like, what are you talking about, lady? But I felt, I felt kind of bad for him. And I definitely, I think that's just totally kind of what happens when you're writing with a good guy and a bad guy, is that you're gonna make the good guys better than the bad guys. It's why stormtroopers can't shoot. Um, I don't know, I thought that that was uh, a little false. was a little confused at that Um, and as you guys know I tend to scroll through the comments a little bit to see what other people think and I wasn't alone um, in my thought process with that but I think that for the purpose of Forces of Destiny it totally made sense and I think that for the purpose of the lesson that they were trying to teach it made sense, but I don't see how that's really applicable to real life situations because I think other people uh, obviously know how to improvise, and I don't think little uh, girls are ever going to be up against a robot unless the uh, AI apocalypse goes down in the next 15 years. But I'm fingers crossed that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> and so this episode was just a little bit of a miss for me. I still enjoyed it. It was still an interesting one to watch. Obviously, I love anything that we get to see Ahsoka in, anything we get to see Padme in, and that's kind of just where I stand with this episode, is that it was all right, Uh, didn't hate it, didn't love it, Uh, had its ups, had its downs. Uh, I thought that some of this was definitely one of the most visually fantastic episodes of *Horses of Destiny* that we've had so far. Um, I know the opening shot with that comet with the blue uh, ion trail was super cool, and I that was the first thing like I saw. I was like, that opening shot is so dope, and I love that. And even you know with the sonic blast, it looked really good. It looked really cool, not like most things that we've seen in Forces of Destiny so far. Uh, I think they started amping up the uh, animation and the kind of visual stylings with this episode, which I appreciate, which I like. Uh, Super cool for me. Super cool for everybody, obviously. And so I liked that. It was cool to see. It was, um, it definitely made this episode much more fun to watch than I think it would have been had the animation for this episode been you know how it was in the beginning of Forces of Destiny. Not saying that it was bad back then, but I'm saying that this episode was exceptionally good. <laughs> uh, don't want to bash anybody. Want everybody to be happy. We're all going to be a good, happy Star Wars family. <laughs> but that's really all I have to talk about this week. We didn't really have a whole ton to add to our spider web. Um, we had a little bit of a lesson, but not really we we kind of had like the deleted no we didn't really have a deleted scene it was just it it was okay um but thank you guys for listening, and as always, you can stay up to date in all the latest in Star Wars animation news by heading to RebelsCells.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RebelsPodcast, and on Twitter at RebelsPodcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cassie Scutch. that's C-A-S-S-I-E-S-C-U-T-C-H. And of course, we're part of the Thunderquack Network. Head to Thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts in the network. And if you'd like to support us, you can do it in one of two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch or by heading to patreon.com/thunderquack to pledge your support. Your monthly pledge gives you access to cool exclusives like the Thunderquack podcast and the Thunderquack group on Facebook. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I had so much fun this week and we will be back next week to talk about accidental allies.